Welcome to the Antioch Sheffield podcast. We are so glad that you can join us for today's message. For more information about Antioch Sheffield, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk. Great to be with you all today. Um, Todd is away um, on the retreat with the guys, and um, I've spoken to him very briefly. Um, he, he rang me last night, and um, he just said they're having an amazing time. I guess they, they had a session uh, last night that was incredibly powerful, um, very, very moving. Um, and so praise God for what's going on in, in their lives. Um, and so... Yeah, so um, you got me this morning, yay! <laughs> uh, it's going to be great, though, and I'm excited about uh, excited about today. I'm talking about prayer, which is something that I'm really passionate about. Um, and you know, prayer is one of those things that is caught more than it's taught. And so I could get up here and speak for the next hour, um, and it could do absolutely nothing in you unless the Spirit of God is on it, and unless something ignites in your heart to pray. And oftentimes, you know, the way that I've learned to pray is simply uh, by praying with others, being around others, and, and just like seeing how they pray, seeing how God's moving in people's lives. And so um, anyway, so we'll have a short time of prayer at the end, but I, I'm just my prayer today is that you would catch something of prayer. Um, I will be teaching, but may something also be caught um, in, in what I'm sharing. So we're continuing our disciple series, which is all about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. Um, and the basic idea of the series surrounds these three values, uh, to be with Jesus, to become like Jesus, and to do what Jesus did. So those three values kind of surround the idea of being a disciple. And so um, all of these things help to form us and forge us. And part of the process um, of discipleship is the practice of spiritual disciplines. You know, as Todd mentioned last week, um, Jesus himself practiced spiritual disciplines so anything from fasting to worship, solitude, uh, generosity, simplicity, uh, Sabbath, these were all spiritual disciplines that, that um, Jesus did. He modeled for us. And so we need to follow what he did <laughs> and incorporate them into our lives. And, you know, oftentimes, like, the word discipline isn't maybe like our favorite word. You know, it can maybe feel like nails on a chalkboard to some of us. But the fact is, is that, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe look at it more like um, a spiritual habit is, is perhaps a better phrase to use, a spiritual habit versus a spiritual discipline. The habit, habits are what we have usually on a daily basis. You know, we have a morning habit. We get up, we have our coffee, we make our bed, we brush our teeth, you know. So we have these habits that are ingrained into our lives. Same thing with spiritual habits, same thing with spiritual disciplines. Um, we want to incorporate them daily into our lives and they just form part of who we are. So, I do wanna say though, that practicing the spiritual disciplines, this is not like project self-help. Do you know what I mean by that? This isn't like, if we work hard on these things and we do them really well, we're gonna be better people. Okay, that's not what this is about. <laughs> um, practicing the spiritual disciplines, everything always points to Jesus. Everything, it's always about Jesus. It's always looking to him. It's always about, um, you know, being with him, being like him, being connected to him. And so these disciplines 
point to Jesus and practicing them help us to, you know, have a closer connection with him. Think of it sort of like, you know, you're visiting a, a home, a, a stately home, or Chatsworth. We, we love, we used to have a, an annual pass to Chatsworth because we would love going on the grounds and we'd love walking through the house, you know, and every time you'd go up a set of stairs and you'd turn a corner and you'd think, what's in this room, you know, or especially seasonally, they'll, um, you know, decorate it for Christmas or whatever, and you'd, you'd just kind of be like, okay, what's through here? What's through this doorway? And practicing the spiritual disciplines is, is somewhat akin to multiple doors into a stately home, you know, and so every single one can teach us something new about Jesus. Every single one can help us to form a connection with him, but the goal of the disciplines is, is him. So obviously today we're talking about prayer. I could talk for days on prayer. In fact, we have done a series on prayer. <laughs> so if today you want to, you know, after today you're like, I want to hear more, Go back to our podcast and you can find the series on prayer that we did a while back. Um, but yeah, so our, today, my goal for you is to help answer the question, how does prayer make us more like Jesus? <laughs> not on the outward, not outwardly, like, oh, I look like a pious person because I'm praying. But no, how does it transform us? How does it make us more like him? That's the question that I want to answer for you today. Um, I'm also going to take some time at the end to get really practical and to kind of just share with you a little about what my own prayer life looks like, not because it's perfect. Um, I am a very inconsistent person, <laughs> but, I'm, but, I'm cons but I am persistent. So I have a lot of different tools that I use for prayer, and over time they've built habits uh, within me. So I just want to give you a little glimpse of what I do, just again, so that you can catch something. If you can leave today with like one idea <laughs> of how you can increase your own prayer life or grow it, then, then today's been a win for me. So Jesus modeling prayer is kind of an interesting concept since he was God <laughs> and he prays. We're like, how does that work? Um, but the fact is, is this is, this is that mystery of incarnation uh, that we spoke about last week, where even though he was fully God, when Jesus came to the earth, you know, he lived as a human being with all of the limitations that, that we have. He, he knew what it was like. Um, and so he was absolutely dependent on the Father. And so he modeled prayer for us um, as a human being. Uh, prayer was, you know, the way in which he accessed everything that he was needing from the Father. Um, now, as a Jew, prayer would have been interwoven into his life um, in a very, you know, in the, in the rhythms of daily life. And, and to be honest, I'm somewhat jealous of that. <laughs> I wish in a way that our culture um, had more daily rhythms, daily spiritual rhythms than we do. And I think it, it used to, but, but now it's up to us to kind of make that choice to incorporate it into our lives. Um, so, so Jesus would have practiced prayer, you know, praying over, praying when he woke up, praying over meals, uh, praying on the Sabbath, praying on, on special feast days. These are all normal part of, of Jewish life. Um, but we find Jesus praying kind of um, in all sorts of situations that probably would have gone beyond the normal ritualistic prayers. For example, 
He prayed uh, before many of the miracles that he performed. He prayed before um, raising Lazarus from the dead. He prayed before the feeding of the 5,000. He prayed before major decisions. It says in, um, in Luke 6 that he was up all night long in prayer before he chose the 12 disciples the next morning. So he knew something about prayer. Um, obviously, he prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane before the crucifixion. Uh, he prayed over cities and towns. Um, he prayed to be renewed emotionally and spiritually. So we see it time and time again. There's at least 33 accounts, um, uh, direct accounts of Jesus praying. So he modeled it for us. And I love what it says in Luke 5, verse 16. It talks about what Jesus did. It said, Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. It doesn't say exactly what he did in that moment, but I have to imagine that this was a special place, a special time for him and God. Now, I can also, <laughs> I can also imagine why he needed to do this. I, you know, living on a three-year camping trip with his disciples, it was probably, you know, hard to get some time alone. So he did practice solitude, <laughs> the spiritual discipline of solitude, probably doing this as well, getting, getting in the wilderness to pray. Um, but this caught the attention of his disciples. And in Luke 11, it says, we, we had this read the, just before the service, it said, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as ta John taught his disciples. Now, in those days, again, it would have been normal for the disciples to ask their rabbi how to pray, okay? This, would, this is actually a normal question that would have been asked um, because they were constantly learning from him as their teacher. Um, but I think that the disciples were also catching on to something, right? So here they are, first-hand observers of Jesus and the wisdom he walked in, the signs and wonders he walked in, you know, and I think that they're beginning to see a correlation between how Jesus was praying and the extraordinary life that he lived. So I think that's quite a, lo a loaded question. Lord, teach us to pray, <laughs> you know, because they would have been praying, like I said, ritualistically through the day, through different things, but they're noticing Jesus and his prayer life, and they're saying, Lord, we want to pray like you do. Teach us how to pray. So let me just pause for a second and just kind of define prayer, um, because prayer can look like a lot of ways, but at its core, prayer is simply communion with God. That's, that's the, if you could narrow it down, that is what it is, communion with God. Communion is not really a word we use outside of church all that much, um, and we think of it as like the bread and wine. Um, but communion represents like a very intimate closeness with one another through talking, through sharing thoughts and feelings about things, conversing, uh, speaking to one another. That's what prayer is. And so Jesus did this. Let's go back to that question I wanted to, to answer for you all of like, how does this make us more like him? How does prayer help us to transform and be like Jesus? And and, and Jesus prayed. Why did he pray? One, the, the first thing of why he prayed was because he knew that prayer provides a way for continual communion with God. 
that is an avenue of, of like continual communion with God. So that's why Jesus prayed, because he knew that. Um, and that's what we were created for. We were created for continual communion with God, like Adam and Eve in the garden. Um, if you know the story, uh, they walked with God in the day and the night. There, there was no disruption in their connection with the Father uh, until sin came in. Uh, and we were created for that, that communion um, as well. But secondly, Jesus knew that prayer keeps us humble, and it reminds us of our dependency on God. Prayer keeps us on our knees, and we need to be on our knees, <laughs> and we forget that. You know, we, we just, as, as Westerners in an affluent society, we forget that our lives are dependent on the Father. <laughs> like, Everything we have is from him. Our very lives depend on him, and we forget that when we have, um, you know, warm homes, uh, groceries in the store, uh, technology. We just, we forget our dependency on God, you know, until a crisis happens, right? And then we'll start praying. Oh, oh God, please let there be petrol at the station. You know, like, <laughs> we, we, we have our moments where we're like, oh, yeah, uh, God's my provider, right? Um, but the reality is, is that we, we actually are dependent on him for everything, and prayer keeps us in that place of humility um, and reminding us of our dependence on who God is. And so when we look at these two things, prayer providing a, a way for continual communion with God, it keeping us humble, reminding us of our dependency on him, you can see why prayer as a spiritual discipline would make us more like Jesus, wouldn't it? Um, Becoming more like him, deeper connection with him. <clears throat> so how could it not, you know, when we're doing these things? But, you know, it's one thing for me to talk about this and how great it is to pray and how nice it is and all that, you know. But the fact is, is that when the rubber hits the road, we don't always pray or we don't always, there's like a disconnect between, say, our theology and practically what our lives look like. And so why is that? Why is there a disconnect in prayer? Um, because like, I'm sure if I talked to each one of you, you'd be like, yeah, I believe in prayer. Prayer's good, you know? But as to like how much your life is, is walking in this or expressing it, there probably would be a disconnect. And so I, as I thought about it, there's like three main areas or three main ways that I feel like are the, are the reasons why <laughs> We don't pray. And, and those three things are simply doubt, uh, disappointment, and distraction. I think everything boils down to those three things. And let me just say, we have all experienced these, okay? So don't be like, you know, I don't know, better, better than others in here and thinking, oh, I only deal with that one. We have all experienced all three of those. They're very real things that we deal with. So just keep that list up on there um, for now. But so doubt you know, does God really listen? Does he really care? Are my prayers really effective? Like, what's the purpose of prayer? I don't, I don't even think this is like real. Am I just wasting my breath right now? <laughs> um, you know, and I, I don't even know if I can talk to some areas of, uh, about my life with God, maybe places of shame or hiddenness, like just doubt. Like, I don't know that I need to even be doing this. What's the, what's the purpose of it? Um, disappointment. Okay, 
we have all experienced disappointment with God in some way. So praying for something that didn't happen like we hoped it would or what, that like we wanted it to, we've all experienced disappointment. And it's just important for us to acknowledge that. <laughs> I have been disappointed in the area of prayer. I did not see the results that I hoped for. Um, and so that is a big area. Um, and so, or just prayer feeling like, really boring and dry. You know, it's, just, it's a disappointing experience for me. Um, so why should I keep asking God for something anyways? Dis disappointment over many different things. Um, and then there's the obvious one of distraction. You know, like, I don't have time to pray. I'm too busy. I'm not a morning person, um, even though God's awake 24 hours a day. But, you know, we just come up with these excuses of like, why we can't pray? Why it doesn't work for us? You know, um, and so these three areas, you know, doubt, disappointment, and, and um, distraction, they're, they're just real. They're just there, you know. Um, and I think that we just need to acknowledge that those things are there. And um, if one of those areas are preventing you from prayer, then please, today, can you acknowledge it and go after it? Do something about it. Don't just, like, coexist <laughs> with this major distraction <laughs> or major, like, disappointment um, as though that's not going to impact your walk with God. Um, specifically in the area of disappointment, um, I'm just telling you from experience with this, when you experience disappointment um, in life or there's a hurt, uh, something that's happened, you've been let down, um, if you are not willing to go to God with that and wrestle it through, and by wrestle I mean like why, you know, say, ask the why question, pursue, you know, whatever, like, we have to be real with God, you know, but in the pursuit, you're still going after Jesus. <laughs> and so in that disappointment, I just want to encourage you, like, you cannot let it just sit there and ignore it and push it down. It will fester, it will build, and over time, you are going to be, like, this far away from walking with Jesus. Like, your, your, your relationship with God is going to be so strained because disappointment only grows within our hearts. Does that make sense? And so we've got to deal with disappointment. And so go to a counselor, <laughs> go to somebody in the church and pray with them about it. Um, and, you know, like, over, you know, dealing with grief and disappointment is often not like a one-time a one -time thing. It may take months. It may take a couple of years. But are you still going after Jesus? Are you letting this thing stand in the way of your connection with him? So rant over. <laughs> so, let me see where I am in my notes here. Yeah, go after with Jesus. Um, and just know that, you know, with spiritual disciplines, with all of them, and definitely with prayer, um, it's like, it's like building a muscle over time, you know? It's something that, it's a lifelong process where we, where we get to learn new things and try new things and practice. It's not like a you know, well, you do this and it didn't work and that's it. No, we, like there's so many ways in which we can pray. We, we, we can commune with God. We can depend on God. So be a student. Be a disciple. Practice. So this is what I want to encourage you uh, with, with today. So, and you know, with Jesus, like he assumed his di disciples would be praying. You know, that, that was just, that's an assumption. Like, of course they're going to be praying. And so he was happy to, to train them. And so if we go back to Luke 11, where we read from um, before, <clears throat> where it says um, Jesus was in a certain place praying. As he finished, one of his disciples came to him, said, Lord, teach us to pray 
just as John taught his disciples, Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. And on he goes with the rest of, you know, the Lord's Prayer, as we call it. Um, this is how you should pray. Like, he, he, it was an assumption that they would be praying. Um, and it was assumption, too, that, like I said, they would be learners. They're, they'd be continuing to grow and to keep growing over time. Um, and I love, uh, there's, a, there's an author named John Ortberg, and I came across this quote of his this last week, and he says, prayer is learned behavior. Nobody is born an expert at it, and no one ever masters prayer. I like that. <laughs> it's very freeing, isn't it? Because I think like of all the spiritual disciplines, this is one, like prayer is one of those things where um, I think we can have a lot of residue of guilt surrounding it, like prayer guilt, <laughs> um, of like, oh, I should be praying more, I should be doing this more, oh, you know. Um, and so I just find this, this freeing of being like, okay, today I'm starting over, today I'm a student, today I'm learning, you know, and just going for it. So I love that quote, um, just knowing that it's like a lifelong process. So we're going to change gears a little bit. So I've talked about a lot of things about prayer, why it's good, <laughs> some of the hindrances that stand in the way. Um, but let's like shift gears a little bit now into kind of practically what it can look like. Um, I want to break down prayer into a couple of categories um, that may help you uh, in your understanding of prayer. Um, because there are so many ways in which you could pray. And like I said, like, I've really struggled to, like, narrow down what I'm going to say this morning because I could talk for hours on types of prayer. But if you could boil it down to two very simple categories, it would be um, personal prayer and intercession. Um, so there are other ways to describe prayer, but I'm, I'm going to categorize them like this today. Um, because... Just keep that up on the screen, Ian, for a minute. Um, you know, there's lots of ways in which I pray. So it's going to look different if I'm praying for somebody that God would heal them or, you know, blessing my children that morning or, you know, praying over one of my kids to, like, understand a, a, a maths concept, you know, or, um, <clears throat> you know, praying protection over things or whatever, or praying just to God on my own. Like, there's lots of ways that I can pray. And so um, that's why it's, a, you know, it, it's helpful, I think, to, to know that there's, that there's lots of ways to connect with God as well. So personal prayer We'll talk about that first, just kind of what that looks like. Um, personal prayer is basically between you and God, okay? So it's kind of self-explanatory about what it is. Um, so this is anything to do about your relationship with him. So uh, this can be about reestablishing your connection with him, reminding yourself of who you are in Christ, um, talking to him about the things that are important in your life, just personal prayer, you and God, you, you and Jesus connected. Um, and you're talking to him about the things that are relevant to you, you know? So the meeting that you have coming up, the conversation that's weighing on you, um, you know, how tired you are that day. <laughs> you know, you're talking to him about what's going on because I think sometimes we get 
kind of stuck a little bit with prayer on all the things we think we should be praying about. And then we just don't do it at all. Like, we don't pray anything because we're like, oh, I have so many things I should be praying for. Um, But I think that we need to give ourselves permission for this to pray about what is important to you, not what you think should be important. So we all have a long list of like 50 things, (laughs) people we know that need prayer and like outside things going on. However, if if you're not talking to God about the things that matter to you, then then what's the point of it all? You know, the point is relationship and connection with Jesus. And so, you know, when you're talking to him, tell him about what's going on. <laughs> connect, with your, connect your heart with his before you try to focus on other people. Um, I'm not, I'm, of course, you hear me. I'm not saying don't pray for others. I'm saying, you know, get things straight with him first. Um, and then that, out of that overflow, you can begin praying for others. Um, and God wants us to, to talk to him. So, you know, like, how many, how many people in here have, like, gone to pray, you know, and all of a sudden, like, you're distracted. Your mind starts thinking of somebody else, you know, or something comes up, you know. Anyone? <laughs> Everyone, you know. Um, and so I'm not saying that every distraction is, like, the Holy Spirit speaking to you. However, if it's, like, to do with the person or something you're mad about or whatever, maybe see that as an indication that of something God's wanting to address with you in that moment, you know? So um, I've had that a few times this week. I mean, I'm, I'm spending time with God, and all of a sudden somebody comes to mind, and in one instance it was like a sad feeling, in another instance it was a mad feeling, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's there. Okay, God, what do you want me to do about this right now? How do I need to approach this, you know? And so it's a, it's a conversation that I'm having with God about what's going on inside of me. And this is so, so important. Um, and I think that God wants us to come to him like children because children don't have filters on how they speak. They have to, like, learn politeness, right? So we're always like, ah, like, don't say that, honey, or you can't say that, you know. Like, my youngest is like, I hate this. I hate so-and-so, you know, or I, I like this. I, you know, he's, he's very open and honest. Like, everything's very blunt about what he likes and doesn't like and what's affected him and what he's excited about, you know, because they don't, as children, they don't have the filters yet of, oh, that's not appropriate, dear, you know, to use those words, you know. And, and I think that we actually need to come to God like children um, in the sense of, like, we don't need those filters. We don't need to have polite prayer in our personal time with God. That's a better way to say it. He's not expecting us to be polite. Obviously, yes, we have moments where we're like, we're like, it's reverence and we're worshiping and we're in awe of him. You know, like we're honoring his lordship. But in terms of like my heart personally connecting with God, he needs us to be real with him, you know. Um, and, and not have a filter on how we communicate with one another. So um, let's talk about the other one, intercession. So this is basically when you're praying on behalf of others. So that word intercession comes from the word intercede, which is definitely a word we use. Uh, like it's, it's a kind of Christian, Christianese word, so that's why I'm going to just say it because that's how, you know, used a lot in church. Intercede means to, like to go between so we're going between somebody and God. 
their situation and we're bringing it before the Lord. We're interceding, okay? So, um, you know, this, this often is what that long list of things is about that we carry around with us, you know, anti-genes, hip replacement, you know, or, um, you know, the cough that your son has, let it, Lord, let it not be COVID or whatever, you know, like, so we have this list of things that can be small or it can be big, um, like the situation in Afghanistan, maybe that's like a burden to your heart, you know, so, um, so you're interceding, you're praying on behalf of other people, other cities, other places, situations, so it just moves us beyond ourselves. That makes sense? So, two categories, um, you know, when you pray is up to you. <laughs> like I said, we don't have the, the actual, the, the blessed rhythms of cultural prayer that are ingrained into our lives, which I really wish we did. <laughs> um, I, 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 I long for that, to be honest. I long for that order um, in, in my life. Um, so it's up to you when you pray, isn't it? Um, and so you have to decide how it's going to be a daily habit, um, what that will look like for you. So I guess I'm just about to get into some more practicals for you, but I just want to encourage you today in some way, grab, one, grab a hold of one thing that you're motivated to do t- this week and pray five minutes a day. You know, start with five minutes, choose a time that works best for you and just do it. And tell a friend that you're going to do it. Otherwise, you're not going to be accountable to anybody. <laughs> and nobody knows if you didn't follow through on it. So find someone to tell what, like, who, what you're going to do um, and practice five minutes a day in order to help start begin making that a habit um, in your life. Okay, so I'm going to just share with you, like I said, a few kind of things into how I pray. Um, this is not an exhaustive list, and this is just to give you ideas um, on, on perhaps what you can do in your own prayer life. And it's ever-evolving because I'm always learning new ways to pray. So, um, I'm going to just go through, there's five kind of categories, um, and, then, and then we'll kind of conclude our time after that. So I have this prayer book. Like I said, I am like one of the most disorganized people I know, so don't be too impressed, but I do have this book <laughs> that um, I will print off prayers that I like um, and put them in here. It's just like one of those like clear plastic ones, and I'll, and I'll make prayers, I'll write prayers, um, and then um, if I haven't lost it in the house, which I do, um, <laughs> then I'll pull it out with me in the morning. So my prayer time, I have, I have both what I would call, I have a structured prayer time, and then I have spontaneous prayer time. So my time, mostly of personal prayer and some intercession, if you remember those terms, <laughs> is in the mornings before my kids wake up, I've got to have quiet. <laughs> um, and I find that even though I do have some quiet in the day, by the time daytime becomes, I'm in go mode, you know, like task, 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 you know, and so like early morning before the kids get up, that's my time, you know, um, for especially for personal prayer and some intercession, say for my family. Throughout the day is my spontaneous prayer time, (laughs) so uh, I will pray a lot during the day as people come to mind, as situations come to mind, so it'll be like peppered throughout the day, so in terms of when I pray, that's what it looks like. So the first kind of type of prayer that I use are what I'm calling liturgical prayers. 
okay? So these are the types of prayers that maybe have been written down in books or things like um, the Book of Common Prayer or there's so many daily prayer books you can get. Um, I really like the Apostles' Creed, the Nicene Creed. These were, you know, forged and formed um, early uh, Christian church um, leaders formed these, and so I will use them. I'll just pray liturgical prayers. Um, the second one are what I call crafted prayers. Actually, I learned crafted prayers from Graham Cook, if any of you know his teachings. Crafted prayers are amazing because they take all of what you're feeling about a, a situation or a person, um, what you're believing for, promises that God had given you, and, they, and you just like basically create your own prayer <laughs> that you can come back to. And so, so I have, let me just see if I can find one in here. I have crafted prayers. Um, well, here, I've got you, not that you can read it, but crafted prayer for our church. Okay, so I wrote this a couple of years ago um, and shared it with our leaders at the time. Um, and it's just, these are the things that we're consistently praying for for our church, but it's just in a nice written out form. So I don't have to always like think of new things to pray because this is what we're believing for. So I have it there. I can just go ahead and pray it. Um, so I have, so this is obviously praying for somebody outside of myself, um, but I also have crafted prayers um, that are more personal, <clears throat> excuse me, personal prayer. For example, excuse me. Um, it's important to me when I'm praying to meditate on the cross, meditate on the person of Jesus. And so I've written this one. Actually, it's changing all the time, but I've been writing it over this last year. <clears throat> Excuse me, not that you can see it again, but I just called the Jesus Prayer. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very original. Um, but what it does is it just focuses on different aspects of Christ. Whether it's, so I'll just read, it, read a few lines to you. The body of Christ broken for me that I may be healed and set free. The blood of Christ cleansing me, restoring me. The life of Christ, his life now being my life. The arms of Christ upholding me, strengthening me. The mind of Christ helping me see and understand with his wisdom. So it's just different elements of Jesus that I'm just focusing on. I don't pray this thing through all the way. I'll usually focus on a couple. But it's just, again, honing me in on who Jesus is, you know. So crafted prayers. Write your own prayer. <clears throat> Okay, thirdly, scriptural prayers. Okay, so this is just praying from the Bible. <laughs> Imagine that. What a novelty, praying from the Bible directly. But goodness, you open up your Bible, and especially say like the book of Psalms, and you have like over 100 prayers right there, <laughs> right there for you. So did you know that you don't have to just read the scripture, you can pray the scripture. It helps you to own the scripture more. Um, take, for example, Psalm 18, great, great passage. Verse 28, I'm just going to paraphrase it because I'm making it a prayer. God, you light a lamp for me. You're my light. You light up my darkness. Your way is perfect. All your promises are true. You're shield when I look to you for, for protection. So I'm just taking the Bible and I'm making it my own, you know? So a way to just pray the scripture. And then there's spontaneous prayers. That's number four. Um, 
this is kind of obvious in and of itself, but <laughs> praying for whoever or whatever comes to mind. So this mostly happens throughout the day. Um, and it mostly happens when I'm just doing the mundane things of life, when I'm driving, when I'm cooking. Um, honestly, some of my best prayer times are when I'm cooking. <clears throat> um, uh, I'm frying those onions, and I'm praying for people. <laughs> uh, because if, we're, if we make space for the presence of God in our lives, then it goes back to what I was saying earlier about continual communion with God, you know, where he can speak to me anytime, and I can speak to him anytime. And so I'm not saying I do this perfectly, um, but I have moments where I'm, I have an impression um, of, of what he's saying. Qu recently, uh, as in like within this last month, I believe, I had for three days straight, I had this woman that I know that was on my mind, and I, I was, I just, my heart was almost hurting. <clears throat> I couldn't think of a situation of why it was for her, but I was like, something's wrong. She's in pain. So I was just praying, God, meet with her wherever she's at. Lord, help her not to be afraid. Release your spirit over her. Um, uh, you know, what, whatever's going on. Um, and then I text, texted her a few days later, and I said, hey, I've just been praying for you. Everything okay? And she had been in a, in a, a surgery. So something, something that we, they thought was minor turned into something major, and she had been very, very frightened. Um, and, and God, in his goodness, just stirred me to pray for her because she needed it, you know? And that's the kind of thing we can all do to partner with Jesus. <clears throat> um, yeah, so spontaneous prayers. And then finally, spirit-led prayers, which is a little bit of a funny thing to say because they're, in a way, most of these are spirit-led. <laughs> but for lack of a better term, spirit-led prayers. <laughs> um, Sometimes I know how to pray, um, and sometimes I don't. And sometimes I use English, and sometimes I don't. Um, and let me explain that. Um, not all prayer is not is um, not all prayer is verbal. Um, and I'm not going to go into this for very long, uh, but just to say, there are ways in which we can commune with God, and and and. Um, connect with God and also even pray for others that involve other things like art, uh, like dance, uh, music, uh, playing an instrument. Um, I've experienced the prayer through all those things. Now, obviously, I'm not saying every piece of art is a prayer, you know, <laughs> or every time you listen to worship music, it's a prayer, you know, but I've experienced, um, you know, I'll be dancing to music on my own without anyone seeing, by the way, you know, but, it's, but like I'm feeling, I'm connecting with God, and sometimes it's just nonverbal, and that, you know, we can't like confine prayer to, you know, this little list, <laughs> so I'll leave it with that, but another way in which prayer is not in English for me is through the gift of tongues, and let me point you to Romans 8, verse 26, um, where it says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we don't know what God wants us to pray for, but the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. And so um, tongues is a gift. 
that God offers to us as his children. Um, and it enables us to connect with what the Spirit of God is wanting to do in that moment. It allows us, it, it, it's an immediate access to communion with God, and it's also a way in which to pray for others in situations where we don't know how to pray. And English just fails us <laughs> when it comes to some situations. And so um, tongues is like my go-to um, much of the time, uh, especially when I'm praying for others. Um, and so I just want to encourage you with that. Like, if, if you don't have this gift, please pursue it. Please ask one of us to pray for you for it to be released in your life. Um, it's a beautiful gift, um, and it's something that I rely on um, a lot. So there you go. There's a little insight into some of, some of the ways in which I pray. I hope that, I hope that um, if you want to go back to that list, Ian, um, I hope that one of these things has stirred you in some way of like, oh, I could try that. I could do that. Five minutes a day this week. Please go for it. Please try it. Um, because prayer is so essential as a discipline. It, keep, it connects us with the heart of God. Um, it, it helps us to see how dependent we are on him. And it brings about his kingdom. Like God wants to, to partner with us in prayer to see his kingdom released on the earth. So, um, so we're going to finish with that. And um, we're just going to pray for a moment. We've been talking about prayer, and so I just want to conclude with prayer. Um, so I'll have you stand in just a moment, but let's just, let's just pause for a minute. Let's just take a breath. Think about what's been shared. Um, think about, Ian, if you could put that list up one more time. Um, this list of things, okay? Just, you could read it over again. Just remind yourself of some of the things that I've used as examples so I want you to decide on one thing that you're going to try this week. Which one are you going to try? When are you going to do it? How long are you going to give yourself? When and how long? And who are you going to tell? <laughs> So I really want to encourage you to tell one person, hey, I'm trying out this thing with prayer. You can even text them right now. I won't be bothered. Pull out your phone. Hey, I'm learning about prayer. I'll text you later. You know, just <laughs> talk to somebody about what you're going to do so that they can follow up with you next week and say, did you do it? So let's pray. Why don't we stand and we're just going to pray together just for a moment. Okay. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Let's just pray. Lord, we worship you. And Lord, as we just say, as the disciples said to you, Lord, teach us to pray. Why don't you say that where you're at? You can open your hands if you want. Just say it to the Lord. Lord, teach me to pray. Teach me to pray. <laughs> teach me to pray today, God. Teach me what it means to walk in communion with you. Show me how to depend on you through prayer. God, we want to be a people of prayer. We want to be a people of prayer. 
Lord, we ask that you would stir us for prayer. We ask that you would ignite us for prayer. We ask that you would awaken our hearts, God, to prayer, what it means to commune with you, to walk with you, to depend on you, God. Awaken our hearts, Lord. We ask that this church would be a house of prayer, God. Stir us to pray like our lives depend on it. Lord, we repent where we've dismissed prayer as unnecessary, as boring, as outdated, or, or, or religious. We repent for the ways in which we've allowed disappointment to set in, doubt to set in. We repent of those things. God, forgive us. Lord, we repent, Lord, where we've resented prayer because it felt like a burden and not a delight. We ask that you would wipe the slate clean in our hearts today. Lord, I pray for prayer to be awakened in our hearts. Let it be a delight, God. Increase our capacity to pray. Help us to strengthen that muscle, Lord, even when it feels uncomfortable or tiring. Help us to be faithful in the pursuit of prayer, to build up those muscles. Pray that we would hunger for prayer in new ways, God, and know you more as a result, Father. Let us know you more through prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening today. To listen to more messages like this one, head to our website at antiochsheffield.org.uk forward slash podcast. We are looking forward to seeing you soon.